Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good Saturday morning and a big day it is for the Louisiana Duck Hunters. It's opening day of duck season in the West Zone for the youth and veterans in the East and We'll take a look at what the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries flyover survey shows. Alabama's released its duck forecast. We'll take a look at that for you. Also have goose season open. Deer in most areas. Small game is open statewide. We've got some good cold weather. And it's time to get out and put some of those uninflated priced meats in your freezer. You've got to do the DIY shopping, they call hunting. Well, does this second Gulf Coast frontal system that's ahead going to mean winter fishing? Well, we'll find out. We'll talk to our field reporter staff from their charter boats, their lodges, and their marinas. And Louisiana is inching closer to reaching its 816,439-pound catch quota of red snapper. We have the latest numbers if you want to get out and grab some snappers, but I wouldn't suggest doing it today when you hear the Coastal Marine forecast. Today's bad boy, the outdoors case, I know you all love to hear that, involves a two, two Grant Parish men, a dead deer, and a live deer. We'll have that story for you. We also invite your text messages, your fishing reports, your hunting reports, your comments, your questions. 504-260-1870 comes directly in here to the studio. Again, that number is 504-260-1870. Looking at that coastal marine forecast, boy, it's rough offshore. Those north winds are going to be 20 to 25 knots, 4 to 7-foot seas, making it virtually impossible for boaters to get out. We do have a small craft advisory is up today for both the offshore and the interior lakes and bays. On the interior bays, you're looking at north winds 15 to 20 and some choppy conditions. Tomorrow, the wind continues out of the north 10 to 15, 3 to 5 foot offshore, and a northeast 5 to 10 smooth conditions on inside. The good news, lots of sunshine both days. Average tide range, 0.7 foot. The Mississippi River is 5.1 and got a little bit of a rise. So there it is. Stage is set. We're in gumbo weather, folks, here in south Louisiana. So go get you something to put in it. We've got a lot of reports coming up. Hope you'll stay with us. And don't forget, use that text message board, 504-260-1870. And we'll be right back with Glenn Sanchez pitching for Robbie Campo. Robbie took my advice. He's in Kentucky 
hunting this morning. Glenn's got the update for you on the St. Bernard Parish area. It's all next right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, we're going to get a fishing report from uh, Glenn Sanchez. He's standing by. He did it for so many years. We'll get his update while Robbie's on vacation. But I did want to talk to you duck hunters as you head out to your blinds. Um, The report has got some good news and bad news. And I'm talking about the flyover Department of Wildlife and Fisheries does aerial flights the week before the season. And they do duck counts by different areas. I've been in the plane with them. And these guys are pretty amazing because when you're looking down at a duck, you're seeing a whole different look than when you're looking up from a blind. And they're good at duck identification, and it never ceases to amaze me how they do that. Well, they did record 1.3 million ducks on this survey. That is the highest it's been since 2017. It's up from last November's, which we had a record low, 855,000, and is still lower than the most recent five-year and 10-year averages. Now, despite Hurricane Ida, both of the coastal regions showed increased bird numbers from last year. The estimates in southwest Louisiana are up 57%, and in southeast Louisiana, 19%, which doesn't say a lot because last year was a record low. Catahoula Lakes got 87,000 birds. That's a huge increase from last year when it only had 12,000. It's above the five-year average but below the 10-year average. And uh, some more bad news is, though, the overall duck estimate's up. Uh, the record low November counts are for gray ducks and model ducks, which are bread and butter ducks in the southeast, and uh, we need gray ducks very badly to have a good season. Southeast Louisiana's the section in the worst shape, obviously, was compromised by Hurricane Ida. 88% of all the birds are down near the mouth of the Mississippi River, which looks like it was non-impacted by Hurricane Ida. Really hard-hit areas, Terrebonne, Barataria Bay, a lot of saltwater damage to the vegetation broke up a lot of the marsh there. There were very few birds other than puldu that were observed in those areas. Southwest Louisiana, uh, the above average, kind of recovered from last year's hurricane damage. Uh, the abundance was low in birds from Marsh Island to Rockefeller, uh, but the highest concentrations were going to be in the marshes in and around Rockefeller Refuge and west of White Lake. I uh, got a few thousand those black-bellied whistler ducks and about uh, around 200 speckle-bellied geese were observed. We're going to have a live report there from Captain Kirk Stansel, Hackberry Rod and Gun. He's out there hunting this morning, and we'll get Ryan Lambert's update. He's fairly close to the mouth of the Mississippi River. Catahoula is the best shape of all the areas, even though it was down 33% from the teal count from year to year in September. A lot of pintails moved in, made up over 70% of the birds. A water level was ideal for the puddle ducks, and still about a foot below the target level for opening day. So those were the flyovers done, results done earlier this week. They're going to fly over northeast and northwest Louisiana early this coming week, and we'll have that for you. Right now, let's talk to Glenn Sanchez. Glenn uh, was the operator of the Breton Sound Marina. Glenn, how, long, how many years did you run Breton Sound Marina? Good, good morning, Don. Oh, I was down there for about 20-something years. I thought so. Yeah, yeah and you wonder how many boats you've put in. <laughs> Over Quite a years. few, yeah. but the, the best thing about it all is all the great people that I've met. Yeah, you're right. I know they miss you, too. Well, Glenn, thanks for filling in for Robbie. What what can you tell us? Uh, I know the wind's going to be kicking up down there about 15 to 20 in close to the marina there, and it's out of the north, so that means winter-type tactics and probably be careful of mudflats, huh? No, the water's real high right now. It hasn't fallen out yet because I'm standing right here by the dock, and, and the water's still up. So you have 
actually have a, a chance of catching some fish before it falls too bad. And, uh, I mean, with the wind right now, it's blowing. And if you're going fishing, I would suggest going up in a glossy marsh somewhere where you have a good tight marsh where you have some place to hide. I mean, there's not going to be any open water fishing today, you know. So you're going to need a place sure. to hide. Yeah, I was looking at the high tide was just passed. At 5 a.m. was a high tide, and it's going to be falling for the rest of the day. And with that wind helping it to move, uh, it's going to be running fast. But if you like to fish a, a falling tide, go to those falling tide areas. Catch those little, you know, outfalls from some of the bays All inside the production marsh. Yes, indeed. How's the bait situation down there? Bait, the bait, the bait's fine. Plenty of bait. Uh, bait looks good, um, and it works. So saltwater cricket for the best. Yeah, you've put enough of those on hooks over the years too, huh? Yeah, yeah, you know. But uh, it, it's been—it's you know, this time of the year. It's—it's it's good to be a fisherman and not a fish because they're catching fish right now. Well, Glenn, there's a lot of fishermen that, like me, are working on Saturday, but they got a chance to get out tomorrow, which conditions-wise is going to be much better. They're calling for that northeast wind, five to ten. And the northeast doesn't drop the water as badly as the northwest down in that area in smooth conditions and plenty of sunshine. So um, how was the outer fishing? You know, I'm not sure somebody's going to be able to get out there tomorrow because, you know, it's, it still might be blowing a little bit. But how was the, the rig fishing out there, you know, in the big open bays, Black Bay and those areas out there in the sun? When it's calm, they're catching fish out there. You know, you, you just need the right weather conditions. Uh, but I mean, they still have fish out there. I mean, you got to run around and look for them a little bit. But uh, they they still catching some fish on the outside. But like I said, you need the weather conditions. And uh, I truly believe that you know they always say the fish come in. You know, this time of the year, what it is is the fishermen come in because they can't get out there. But the fish stay out there. You know, Glenn, uh, it, it was just kind of coming on when you had the marina, but kayak fishing has gotten so big, and a lot of people have discovered some really close-in areas down there where they can get out there, especially the redfish, and then in this time of the year, the trout move in, too. Well, a lot of times the kayak fishermen, they do well just for the simple fact is they have to fish where they're at. They just can't pick up and go run because so many people, you know, you don't catch a fish in a few minutes, you're going to look for another spot. You know, you're going to... Well, a kayak fisherman, he can't do that. So he has to fish harder and figure them out, and a lot of times they will. And they can also get into some really skinny water that the big oh, they, boats Yeah, they reach. definitely get some skinny water. Well, Glenn, anything else you want to add before we wrap up here? Oh, just everybody to stay safe today and, and you know, watch the wind and you know, don't get yourself in a predicament. And, and remember, this time of the year, Rain suits are important, even though we're not going to have it today, but they should always be in the boat. You can't get wet in the wintertime. Going to be a chilly ride out there, and make sure your CETO membership is paid up on these kind of days for sure. Yeah. Glenn, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for filling in, my friend. Take care. And Same here, season. Don. Good talking to you. All righty. Glenn Sanchez filling in for Robbie Campo down at the Campos Marina in Shell Beach. All right, we come back. We're going to be talking to Jeff Brule, get a freshwater fishing report for you. Always got some tips for you, too. Back with Jeff's report right after this pause on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And our Bass and Freshwater Report with Jeff Brule is a presentation of Berkeley, a division of Pure Fishing, and Abu Garcia. Abu Garcia rods and reel, those are the ones that are built for the best days, but they're also tough enough to make it through the worst ones, too. They're extension of an angler with reels that will cast farther and recover the line faster. Rods deliver power without sacrificing sensitivity. 
Abu Garcia gives anglers what they need to fish to win, whether they fish for fun or a living. Visit abugarcia.com. See for yourself a division of pure fishing. Jeff Brule joins us now. And, Jeff, let's start down at the bottom of the boot, Venice. Uh, river's on a little bit of a rise. How's that going to affect the bass fishing? Because I know you're doing pretty well down there. Yeah, I've made a few trips in the last few weeks, and the bite has been pretty awesome. The river's going to about 5.7 feet. But, how, however, I don't think it's going to hurt Venice. The, the water's so low down there on low tide that I don't think it's going to really change things. It might muddy the river up just a hair, but when I was down there on Wednesday, the river was still pretty green, and it was about four and a half there. So I think it's going to hold. So I'm glad it's going to fall this week coming up, so we're kind of at the peak this weekend. Uh, but uh, the main passes, like Loomis, Main Pass, Octave, are very good. Uh, but the first 100 yards of the smaller passes off those are really holding the fish. Uh, they seem like they kind of transition to the back pockets. Uh, it's getting cold. The water temperature's falling down there. So, don't you know, if you get on the main pass, you get to a point, get, make sure you kind of stick your nose into those little cuts, and that's where the fish should be holding. But a Berkeley red shad worm, a blue a sapphire blue pit boss those are good choices uh we just it really didn't matter we had three guys in a boat on wednesday and i think we were all throwing different colors at one time and still catching them but the other thing you need to key on is the lay down canes uh, since the last storm it washed away all the hyacinths down there so there's really nothing to punch but anything on top of the water that they have a fish underneath it seems like but another note uh, the fish are very scattered so you need to keep moving uh, they, you know you'll catch two or three on this bank, five or six on the next bank. So uh, just keep hopping around, and uh, you'll find them kind of scattered. Um, we hardly ever catching two or three fish out of one laydown, but uh, they're there. They're good fish. And on Wednesday by 10 a.m., we had a three-man limit. Uh, so that just goes to show you how many fish are down there. Yeah, that's great. And uh, also want a word of uh, caution. Delta National Wildlife Refuge, uh, during the duck season, they do not allow fishing during certain hours, so make sure you check your regs if you're going to be in and around that area. Uh, moving to the west a little bit, Chafalaya Basin, a river stage at Morgan City, three and a half. What's that mean? Uh, well, at four feet is kind of the level when it gets out into the woods, so it's going to stay below that. Uh, it's going to kind of you know, maybe get a little bit higher, maybe a couple tenths, but that's the good news. Uh, so, if you're headed to the basin, you know, spinner baits and crank baits are great for fall fishing. You want to kind of move around and try to find some schooled up fish. It seems like the weather hadn't really got cold enough to really school them up in any one spot yet, but you want to keep moving, pay attention to the, to the tides because a good falling tide, that's going to signal you go to like the points with current and a drain, any kind of drain that's dumping that. They, they'll stack up in that sometimes, but just Texas plastic rigs are good. Um, Throw around wood cover, submerged grass when you find it. And uh, the panfish action has been pr- pretty steady over there. Again, the grassy points and the lay down. And, again, you want to kind of start tucking yourself into those pockets. Not too far. They, you know, the fish aren't all the way in the back yet, but they're, they're moving that way. So check check those uh, cuts. And sometimes you fish 10, 15, 20 yards. That's where the fish are into those cuts. Jeff, I did not get an official word or see anything from Department of Wildlife and Fisheries about fish kill as a result of water turnover from Hurricane Ida in those some of those North Shore rivers, particularly those in Tangipahoa, like the Tangy River and also the Tickfall. 
but I am getting some horrible reports, people not even getting bites, not seeing any fish over there. What are you hearing about that, those waters over there? Do you think there was a serious fish kill and it's going to be a while before it's worth heading back to those areas? The most anglers I talk to that fish in that area, uh, they're not catching anything. I think a couple of weeks ago they had a tournament, one fish won the whole thing, like 13, 12, 13 inches. You know, so that just goes to tell you that guys are going out in a tournament fishing all day and one boat brings in one fish. So it's going to take time for all that to come back. But I'm sure those guys are going to stock it pretty good. Uh, yeah, they'll move around. Chifuncta's got fish. And then you go on the other side to towards Ham and all that corridor down to uh, Des Almonds all the way down to the to the Gulf is void of, of fish. It pretty much wiped everything out out of it. Now, Jeff, uh, you got a secret honey hole that you're going to divulge this morning, and so I want people to intently listen, turn their radios up, and tell them about this spot down in, in Pilot Town below Venice. Well, I got, first got to know, do you have a good recipe for eel? Have you ever eaten eel before? I can't say that I have. I've fished with them before, and I've seen them in the marketplaces in Germany. They They smoked them and hung them in the stores and... Uh, people that eat eel love eel. Maybe somebody can text us if they got a good recipe for eel. But tell me how you were catching them. Well, I was down in Pilot Town, and we we caught some fish last weekend. And, you know, right before the LSU game come on, I slipped down to the dock, and I was going to try to catch me a catfish. But this dead shrimp on the bottom, basically I was just using my Texas rig, throwing it out there and letting it sit on the bottom. <clears throat> I did catch a couple of nice channel cats, uh, you know, probably about a pound and a half. But in the process, I caught a few eels. I think I caught two. So I was just wondering if uh, anybody around here has ever eaten them. I know we used to catch them on the Bopalaya River. They actually, uh, I think they call it an American eel. And they they kind of like uh, salmon and these other fish. They'll come up into the rivers and spawn certain times of year. I don't know the exact biology of them. <laughs> Not really high on the list of things I want to go catch. But they're so hard to get a hold of. You better have a rag because uh, they just they're <laughs> funny. But but getting back to the catfish, just Carolina rigs, jig heads with a dead shrimp or something under a cork. I know some guys uh, I've talked to down in Venice that are popping for redfish and stuff or, or catching a few catfish. And, you know, these are the 40 and 50 pounders while they're redfishing on some of the points and drains around Pilot Town area. So that's a yeah. good eating fish. If you want to go do that, that's fun to do. Well, I, I know that they, they tried to start an eel industry, a commercial eel fishing industry, but it just didn't take off for some reason. But uh, in other places, uh, they're, they're pretty popular. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story about eel fishing for bait. Uh, they, they were real popular at one time. Uh, somebody was, was selling them, and they wanted to do a big promotion, so we went offshore with them. And believe me, they work offshore. And these are small eels. They might be, I don't know, 8, 10 inches long. And uh, we had a whole bucket full of them. And we lost about half the bucket trying to put them on the hook. Like you say, you can't hold them. They're so slippery and slimy. Uh, you try to hold one when your hands are getting that slime on it and put a hook in it, uh, ain't going to happen. So uh, I think somebody came up with an idea of throwing some sawdust in there to kind of give you a little bit of traction when you grab them. Like you say, use a rag. But there were so many of them hit the deck and then went sliding out the boat. It was very funny. Anyway, if anybody's got any eel recipes, if you have found a way to cook eel and you enjoy it, uh, share it with our listeners. Send me a text, 504-260-1870. All right, Jeff, go find something else unique and, 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 and uh, exotic, and we'll talk about that next time. Only in Venice. It's a great place. Thanks, Don. Uh, 
It's got it all. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff Brule, our field reporter on freshwater fishing and bass fishing. All right, we'll come back after this. Let me get to some of your text messages. Thank you for sending them in. 504-260-1870. Comments, questions, your reports. All comes right here directly to the studio in what we call St. Hubert's Cathedral, the patron saint of hunters. And good luck to all you duck hunters. It's opening day in Louisiana. And I'll have that Alabama report next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Hmm, I wonder how eel gumbo would be. Got an eel recipe? Have you eaten them? Text it to us, 504-260-1870. Yeah, if you don't cook it well enough, it could be swimming around in your gumbo. All right, red snapper update. You know, we've been uh, keeping track of the snapper quota. Uh, Because of La Creole, we have been able to extend the Louisiana red snapper season and also increase the the accounting, the, the poundage. And this year, the allocation was 694000 and some change pounds. Uh, that's about 85% of the total quota. That's what's been reached. Total quota was 816000 And uh, of that, 85% have been harvested to date. That was as of a couple of weeks ago. These projections are uh, run a little bit behind. But that private recreational red snapper season is open now Friday through uh, the whole week, Friday through Friday. And uh, it opened with seven days a week and a daily limit of four, which is even better during the regular season when it's two, 16-inch total length minimum size. Now, if we do not reach the full extra 15% by December 31st, it will close automatically. But I don't think it's going to make it that long. But it, it slows down because we get these frontal systems in the fall and winter. It's almost impossible for boats to get out, so the catch numbers are down. All right, also the Alabama duck season's been uh, released, at least a forecast. I'll be back to do that and get to your text messages right after we pause 10 seconds for our local stations to identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque radio network. Seth Maddox, who is the Alabama Wildlife and Freshwater Fisheries Migratory Bird Coordinator, said the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service was not able to do their surveys again because of the COVID restrictions, but he is predicting that the fall and winter flights this year are going to have more mature birds, which are going to be tougher for hunters to hunt because they're more wary. Uh, fall flight, he says, looking like it's going to include a lot of adult birds. A lot of them have been there and done that, so they're smarter, harder to kill, and they're not going to take to pressure very well. You're going to have to reduce the pressure. If you're used to hunting three or four days a week, you're going to have to cut that back to a couple days because those birds are going to be getting pretty smart. Uh, The success of Alabama's duck hunters is weather-dependent, as most are. Cold winter to the north with ice and snow. Covering up those food sources is what's needed to push the birds as far south as Alabama. The 60-day season is going to open for two days, November 26th, 27th, then returns December 4th and runs through January the 30th. Uh, Special youth, military veterans, waterfowl hunting is set for next Saturday, November 20th and February the 5th of 2022. So there you have it. That's your duck forecast for Alabama. They have a straight season where we actually now have three different uh, splits, you know, total here in the state of Louisiana. All right, uh, let's see. i got some text messages coming in. We're hearing from some of our regulars. Somebody's hunting in the Pearl River WMA. Uh, Good luck to you. Got the worm checking in. The river rat's there. He's driving to Gulfport and listening to us. And uh, Ed Miller in Wilmer, Alabama, says Monday's the opening day of black powder season in Alabama. He's going to be there. Hope the flintlock will make some noise. Yeah, that black powder hunting is uh, 
What kind you have, Ed? You have the old, well, you got a flintlock. You go really old school. Some of those primitive weapons these days are not so primitive. All right, here's a fishing report someone wanted to share. I've been fishing in the Chalmette area. Trout are starting to pile up in the deep canals, the Mr. Go, and the Mr. Go areas are starting to pick up using shrimp creole uh, Fortex Shad. That was the key yesterday. Also, the Matrix Shad Glow. And the trout are chasing white shrimp under a cork or a Carolina rig. I got a Podge, Podge driver checking in. And here someone says, smoked eel is on most sushi menus. Well, that's why I haven't seen it. I'm not a fan of sushi. Seems like it's never cooked on enough, that sushi stuff. And I eat a lot of stuff, but sushi, eh, just doesn't do it for me. How about you? You got a smoked eel kind of recipe or any kind of eel? Help Jeff Brule out. He's got a pile of eels. He needs to know how to cook them. We'll be right back with more of the Outdoors Show. We've got more fishing reports, bad boys of the outdoors, all that stuff you and I love to talk about. Each and every Saturday morning, we do it right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, we're taking your text calls, comments, questions, and uh, reports, 504-260-1870. Save that number so each and every Saturday morning you can stay in touch with us. All right, looking at the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries flyover from uh, estimating the waterfowl populations, I'm looking at the breakdown on the species. And one thing that jumps out in front of me is the number of ringneck ducks that particularly are in the southeast part of the state. Statewide, we have 316,000 total. 6,000 are on Catahoula Lake, 94,000 are in the southwest part of the state. But in southeast Louisiana, there are 216,000 ringnecks. Now, think about hunting ringnecks. Uh, you got to be, be up on your duck identification because the limit is different on the scop or dogree. The two birds look very similar. But you can kill twice as many ringnecks as you can scop. So... Uh, you need to know that. It would be very helpful for you. That's what you're going to anticipate seeing. Uh, southeast Louisiana, as far as other ducks, uh, the gadwall count is down, uh, 72,000 there. Uh, mallards, which have become almost non-existent in that zone, only 2,000. Uh, over in the southwestern part of the state, the biggest number of birds, of course, is blue-winged teal, as it always is, 253,000 blue wings, and I'll take them, 168,000 gray ducks. Um Canvasbacks, the only place any canvasbacks will count it, uh, and they come a little bit later, is on Catahoula, 3,000 birds there. Uh, Puldu, southeast Louisiana, has got a lot of them, 165,000. Uh, southwest Louisiana, not so much, only about 32,000. So depending on where you're hunting is going to dictate what the species are that you're going to see. Good luck to all you duck hunters that are out there. All right, something else that, that has come up over the last couple of weeks, and I've had people asking me about this, about tagging your deer and turkey. In Louisiana, it's mandatory not only that you tag it, you put a physical tag on the animal as soon as you kill it, before you even leave the kill zone, and then you have to validate it. In other words, you call it in or you go online and you put some information on there. Well, they've gone a step further where they've eliminated the paper tags. If you, if you don't want to use them, they're still available. And if you go on LouisianaOutdoors.com, uh, there'll be step-by-step instructions how to text to tag and validate your deer and turkey. Uh, there'll be a number there that, that they give you, and when you see that number, you, you text, you send a text, and it's going to ask you to confirm your identity and simple yes or no. You're going to be asked if you've moved the animal. If you have and you put yes, it's going to say exit, use your traditional paper tag. So that's why I'm saying 
you probably should have those as backup anyway, even if you have it in your phone. And then you to continue, you just send text, and they'll ask you the tag number, which is going to be on you in your phone or on your tag, whichever case is. Uh, it's going to ask you if it's a buck or a doe, the date, uh, the parish where you got it, whether it was public or private land, and what area it is. Now, if you don't know what area you're hunting in, you can find that out. Go on the Wildlife and Fisheries website. We have ten different areas that are broken down by different dates and limits, so check that out. It's something you really need to know anyway. So that's how you would do it. You can either do it on your phone or you can do it on uh, on your uh, website, too, if you want to go on and, and validate it. So they've got detailed instructions exactly how to do it. That's LouisianaOutdoors.com. Something else that came up, two things, really, and you haven't heard a lot about it. Maybe you've heard it only here on this show, but there are some contests going on for deer hunters and for taxidermists in Louisiana. There are two contests. When you submit a sample of a mature buck that you took this season, uh, you qualify for a drawing for a $1,000 gift certificate if you are the hunter and $500 for the taxidermist. Uh, The reason why they're asking for these samples is to test them for chronic wasting disease. There's only one way you can confirm CWD in a deer. The animal has to be dead because you have to examine the brain and spinal cord. And the South Louisiana branch of the National Deer Association is sponsoring this. March 18th is when they're going to do the drawing. So if you want to participate You need to bring the deer head. You can cape it. You can take the antlers and the skull cap off if you want uh, to get it mounted. Uh, But you you remove the head five inches below the ear. There's a brochure that illustrates that. You record the GPS location where you took it. Very important because if the deer turns up positive, that is vital information to know where it's occurring. And they ask that you do not freeze it. Uh, you just refrigerate it, keep it on ice, and normally there's a $37.50 fee to have your deer tested by Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. Of course, that's being waived, and you could be the winner of a $1,000 or a $500 gift card. So it's two separate contests. To find out more information and where those field offices are to bring it, they're all over the state, uh, go to the Wildlife and Fisheries website and look under CWD Contest, and you should be able to find it there. All right, uh, and the other thing was there's going to be some escaped exotics. Hurricane Ida caused some tree falls, which took down some high fences, and some of these axes, red deer, black buck escaped. If they got onto a public area adjacent or another private lease, uh, they are legal for any licensed hunter, properly licensed hunter, to take. So be aware of that. All right, let's see. Uh, we got Captain Raccoon Feet checking <laughs> Eric Mohabarak. Uh He said eel is some of the best cut bait for freshwater catfish that you can find. Yeah, I'll tell you, eel is an excellent bait. They're a little hard to come by to get any amount of them. There was, uh, as I mentioned earlier, there was a, a commercial operation that was selling live eels, and uh, they were really good offshore. All right, here's a recipe coming in. You cut the eel in one-inch pieces. Dip it into your egg wash, roll it into fish fry or cornmeal, and deep fry. Tastes like catfish. Very good. Well, maybe somebody will try that. Uh, just it's about as simple as it gets, deep fried eel. All right, coming back after this, Daryl Carpenter updating us on the latest in Grand Isle. What's the situation as far as power, water being restored, infrastructure, places to launch, places to get bait? When is it going to return? We'll find out from Captain Darrell right after this time out. Well, you're listening to The Outdoors with Don DeVue, Radio Network. 
And I believe the term devastation uh, probably is pretty accurate to describe what Hurricane Ida did to Grand Isle. And there's been a lot of folks picking up the pieces and slowly restoring it. One of them is Captain Daryl Carpenter, operator of RealScreamers.com. And, Daryl, what can you tell us on the latest? I understand we're still boiling water. What's the electricity situation, supplies, infrastructure? And have they even finished cleaning off all that sand? That was mountains of uh, sand that, that washed up ashore. How's it going? No, no, Don, and that's what we're involved in. Uh, we've got at least a couple more weeks of working on it. And then after that, I really I think there it comes down to a punch list. Uh, electricity? Pretty much, if you're if you're capable of receiving electricity, you've got electricity on the island right now. They're feeding the island by these mega generators until they rebuild the substations to to bring stuff in. But uh, surprisingly, it's been very reliable. Uh, so we've had some fairly reliable electricity. Uh, water situation: we're finally starting to see a little progress on that. They are going street by street. Uh, they'll turn it on for a day. And uh, go identify all the leaks, then turn it off and start fixing the leaks and vice versa. And then gradually increasing the pressure. And that's part of the reason we're on the, the ball water advisories, because they've got everything running at a very low pressure right now to, uh, just to keep from having blowouts. Because every time they increase it, they have more blowouts. But it, it's progressing. We're actually, we're actually starting to see. I mean, we saw movement, you know. And, and look, I've been, I've been busy working, so I don't want to be too critical, but uh, – we're starting to see water company folks actually out in the field doing their stuff now that they have a fairly reliable supply of water. So it's I think you're going to see the progress really kick up in high gear now. Um, I think they're bringing in water from the Foosh Parish hooked to an actual feeder pipe, and they're still barging it in. But now they've fixed that pipeline to where they're only having to barge it maybe a mile, so they're able to make several trips a day. Um other than that, though, Don, I'll tell you, look, uh, I've heard from a couple of people this week that that are asking about when are they going to open fishing on Grand Isle, uh, particularly in the Grand Isle area. There's a lot of people under the impression that the waterways are closed. Waterways are not closed. Uh, I haven't seen anything from the Coast Guard, and they're the only ones that have the authority to close the waterways. Um, you can still fish anywhere you want to around Grand Isle. I understand that the town of Grand Isle itself, has asked to restrict the tourism, to restrict the number of people coming in by, by, if you will, closing down fishing for just a little while. And uh, that stuff, like off of the bridges, the public piers, uh, off the side of the road. But as long as you stay kind of to the Lafouche Parish side, Leeville, Golden Meadow, um, the Fouchaw area, got started getting the first reports with these wild tide swings we've had, started getting our first reports of good catches coming off the side of the road. Uh, nice speckle trout. They're already starting to get in those holes with all that bait. So it's progressive, and hopefully, you know, we're going to get a little lull. Everybody wants to take off for the holidays. We're tired of eating elephant. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. there'll be a little bit of a break. But uh, I'm thinking by the first of the year, you're going to see a, a real advancement here. Very good. Well, progress is always a good thing. Daryl, I know when you, in your offshore fishing days, you've caught many of those big old ugly reddish-brown eels at the bottom of those rigs offshore, but have you ever eaten any eel? Have you tried that? I have not, Don. Um, you know, I mean, I'm willing to do a lot of things. But, I mean, as long as the grocery store's got pork or chicken. <laughs> but, but I just I couldn't bring myself, you know, that people say stingrays good. 
And, you know, I'll come out of the closet. I tried to skin one one time, and it's like, ah, this ain't worth it. And, and you know, got rid of it. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not close to it, but somebody's got to clean it for me. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that, that may not be anything meaner than one of those big old eels that come up off the bottom of the gulf. I mean, some of those <laughs> things are, you know, five, six feet long. They're huge and mean. Yeah, you know, Don, during our little segments now, we're, we're spending more talking about damage on the island. But and, and I haven't been able to take keep up with the fishing as much as I normally would. But I can tell you, I've seen some really good reports coming in. You know, now that the, the state still has the state red snapper season open, you got some of your guides that are actually, you know, they're they're combining trips. They're running out to the close end rigs to do red snapper and stuff. And I'm understanding that the fall cobia run is just ballistic, uh, like the cobia run of the old days. I, I hear they're catching the heck out of cobia in close on, on that fall run. Yeah, well, there's less pressure, and that means more fish. And I'm sure when the fishing gets back, if it gets open in time for people to get up in those interior marshes, all those spots you like to get in here, they'll find a lot of trout up there, and they should be good and hungry. Well, Dow, thanks so much for the reports each week and uh, updating us, and uh, keep on doing it, man. Slice that elephant thin and keep on going. Oh, yeah, we're, we're going to go on in here in about 30 minutes. All right. Thank you, Dow. Dow Carpenter, realscreamers.com. All right, when we come back after the top of the hour break, we still got more reports to go. Captain Mike Gallo, born on the Bayou Report. Uh, Brendan Bayard, he is not in a kayak. He's in a bay boat today fishing, but he'll give us a paddlers report if that's what you want to do. And we've also got Ryan Lambert in the duck blind and also at both opposite ends of the state. Ryan over in the east and Captain Kirk in the west will take you into their duck blinds and let you listen to some of the action. Believe me, I've missed a lot of opening days doing this for 33 years on Saturday morning, but it's the next best thing to be in there when you can hear what's going on in the duck blind. We'll be back to do all of that. And you're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into our number two of the Outdoor Show, sung on by, sung into it by Reed Alleman, a Cajun boy. Reed moved off to Colorado, living up in a beautiful area up there. Don't get to see uh, Reed as often as we did, but he comes in town every once in a while. Reed Alleman, great, uh, very talented entertainer. All right, here's your coastal marine forecast. If you're headed out on this opening day of duck season, not bad conditions for duck hunters. It's going to be blowing out there. You always like wind uh, 15 to 20 knots. Uh, that's on the inside. Outside, offshore, it's going to be 20 to 25 with 4 to 7-foot seas. Uh, making any offshore fishing for 98% of the boats off limits. Not going to be able to deal with that. Maybe tomorrow conditions will be a little bit better. Winds will lighten up. Uh, got a pretty good tide range, about 0.7 is your average range. And, uh, of course, the duck hunters will be reporting later on today. We're going to get into Brian Lambert's blind. Now, supposedly, according to the flyover, that's where the bulk of the ducks are in the southeastern part of the state. We'll also check in in the southwestern part of the state, completely opposite end. We'll go over to uh, Hackberry Rod and Guns uh, Duck Blind over there and check in with Captain Kirk on this opening morning, find out what it's like. Uh, of course, these things can change. Uh, ducks have wings. They fly. Weather system change. Birds bounce back and forth, and they kind of move around. So hopefully we'll, we'll have a better season. We have been having a, a run on some terrible waterfowl seasons here in Louisiana and for a lot of reasons, and, uh, we'll get into that probably later. But according to the flyover, numbers are up over the last four years. Whether that's going to hold or not depends on weather. And uh, a lot of these birds are not going to stay because we've had an awful lot of marshes that were compromised from Hurricane Ida. All right, we got field reporters out there getting ready to give us some reports. We're going to check in with Captain Mike Gallo. Also, uh, we'll hear from uh, Brendan Bayard, get some updates for you paddlers with his kayak report. And we got a bad boy story for you, as we always do. This time we've got two Grant Parish men and involving a dead deer and a live deer. We'll tell you their story in just a little bit. Also got our text message board open for you at 504-260-1870. I hear some of them coming in. This one says, hey, Don. So many of them start with, hey, Don. You ought to hear my answer machine saying, hey, Don. <laughs> Love to hear it anyway. Opening day of duck season, and he's not in the marsh thanks to Hurricane Ida. I lost my pirogs and decoys. Hope all the ones hunting today have great luck. That's from David. Well, that's mighty nice of you to wish good luck, and even though you won't be able to go. got to replace it. It's just stuff, David. You need to get some a new pirog and get some decoys, and who knows, maybe a nice surface drive with a pop-up line. Uh, here's one that says, I keep hearing about a fish kill in Lockport area. Any news on that? I have not heard of any fish kills in Lockport, if anyone has, uh, text me or call me, 504-260-1870. Here's one uh, suggesting to stay warm and bundled if you're fishing or hunting. Uh, that's D.C., Alabama, burr, windy. Yeah, it is windy and got a little chill in the air. It's wintertime. It's supposed to be. Uh, here's one that uh, was oh, glad to be back listening after two-week hiatus due to high school football players playoffs keeping us out and past 1 a.m back to a normal routine going forward says david hubble (laughs) over there one of our alabama listeners yeah well it's that time of year too football and 
hunting and winter fishing and uh, holidays. Boy, it's a great time of the year. All right, coming back after this, we're going to talk to Captain Mike Gallo, find out what his plan is today. Uh, he is the owner-operator of Angling Adventures of Louisiana, and he gives us reports each and every week on his areas to fish, which include Lakes Pontchartrain, Catherine, Bourne, uh, Biloxi Marsh, Northern End, Mr. Go, Chef Area. He has a boat and he travels. We're back with his report right after this three-minute pause on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And that uh, little segment there was chosen by you, the listeners, to introduce our next fishing reporter, Mike Gallo of Angling Adventures of Louisiana. We call it the Bone on the Bayou Report, and it's a presentation of CETO, a very important two-word name for this weekend with these weather conditions. If you pay $179 for a whole year membership, you'll get unlimited fuel drops, 24-7 tow-ins, jump starts for electrical problems, and they're like having a triple-A policy, but on the water. It's peace of mind for you, your loved ones. One call away to Captain Chris, 504-301-4545, or you can click to seatow.com. Makes an excellent Christmas gift, and there's no supply chain shortage. There's no problem at all. You will get one if you call Captain Chris, 504-301-4545. Mike Gallo joins us. He's a believer, a big believer in seatow. And he's a believer in going out and catching fish. In fact, he guarantees no fish, no pay for his customers. Captain Mike, how's your week been? I had some breezy conditions out there a couple of the days. Well, Don, it's been a pretty good week of fishing here in uh, the Wrigley's area. I made a couple of trips earlier in the week to the Biloxi Marsh for redfish, and they were very successful. And we got back on the hunt for trout. During the midweek, and with the good weather, the, the, the catches were very good. We did our normal. We started with live shrimp on a drop shot, and as we got the fish a little more aggressive, we'd switch one client over to plastic on a drop shot. I was using the uh, glow matrix. Worked very well mixed in with the shrimp. Uh, the last couple of days, it seems like the fish have... I guess they're preparing for this front to come through. They've been a little deeper or staging very near deeper water. The water temperatures are still not cold, still in the mid to lower 60s. So they're not afraid of current, but nice deeper water. I guess I caught fish yesterday anywhere from 11 to 20 feet of water. So it's pretty deep water. I was down by the Mr. Go. There's a lot of clean water over that way still to be found and we did a lot of moving we did not find any concentration of fish where we could catch say 20 or 30 but we found several areas where we could catch 8 to 10 and you know how you have the 10 minute rule and you say well if we don't catch a fish that goes in the box in 10 minutes it's time to move and right around 8 minutes we'd catch one so you'd think oh they're coming back and then another 8 minutes and then so on and so forth. You put some in the box, you're a bit restricted as to where you can go with the weather. So you just kind of grind it out. Um, I had seven boats out in the last two days, and it seems the average is 20 to 40 per day, which I was okay with that, um, you know, given the conditions and where we could fish. Now, that's 20 to 40 keepers, or is that total catch, not including the release fish? Oh, 
No, that's keepers. Um, actually, not very many released. I guess for every 10 that went in the box, we may have caught 14 or 16. The, the ratio is getting better as to what you keep compared to what you catch. As far as white trout, still got a few white trout around? How much of the percentage does that make up of your trout catch? It's interesting. On Thursday, the white trout to speckled trout ratio was way out of whack, probably 80-20 with the number of white trout compared to speckled trout. And then Friday, we had, I don't know if we had 10 white trout amongst five boats. So it's just different. I don't. I can't. I can't explain that one. I wish I could, but um, a clean catch, mostly speckled trout. Like I say, we might have had ten or twelve white trout between the five boats that went out. And what's your plan today? Where are you headed, and what you're going to be throwing? Well, we're going to throw some of those Wrigley's live shrimp. Uh, the weather is worse, so we don't want to take any chances. We want to. Like Glenn Sanchez, I always liked what Glenn used to say years ago. And Glenn would say, you know what those fish are eating? When you're not throwing plastic at them, they're eating shrimp. So (laughs) we're going to feed them what they're eating. Since the conditions are kind of rough today, if we can get a decent bite going, um, you know, I'll certainly throw some plastic. Just enjoy feeling that bite. Um, But I'll certainly, we have bait for all the boats going out this morning. We don't want to take any chances with the rough weather. You know, we're already sort of expecting a lower catch than normal. Uh, it doesn't make us try any less, but we certainly want to give them what they want. We're going to try to feed them live shrimp. Mike, I got a listener. I heard you mention the drop shot, uh, and you and I take that for granted because we've been using it for a long time. Explain what the drop shot is, particularly if you're going to be using it with those live shrimp. Very simple. When I make a drop shot rig, I use a 30 30- a 30-pound piece of monofilament, about 30 inches long. I tie a one-ounce bank sinker on one end. I tie a number two octopus hook on the other end. And I fold it about two-thirds of the way. I make an overhand knot or a figure-eight knot. And then I tie my main line directly into that. And I prefer the drop shot over the Carolina rig simply because the sinker is not between you and the fish. You get a better chance of feeling the fish before that fish feels the sinker. And we always, the older, wiser fish might feel that sinker and go somewhere else. Of course, we all want to catch big fish. So that's why I gravitated toward the drop shot ever since I've been guiding. Always liked it and probably always will. Yep, very good, dependable rig. Mike, one last question for you. I know you've caught them accidentally. Eels, what do you do when you get an eel? You bring it home and cook it, don't you? No. (laughs) (laughs) I know the American eel. That's the short answer. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard that the American eel, which is a freshwater eel, is good to eat, but I've never uh, taken – I'm already too close to them, and I'm in the living room of the lodge. So I could do without eels myself. I have heard they're good bait for cobia and several offshore species, but I rarely catch them when we do. We just throw them back. You know what I haven't heard anybody talk about in a long time, and I don't know whether they're, they're disappearing or, or they're just not mentioning them, needlefish. 
Have you been seeing, you know, every now and then you catch them, their mouth is so small, they're very difficult to catch, but they can destroy live shrimp when you're trying to catch trout and red sometimes. Have you come across any needlefish? Funny you say that. We had a gentleman yesterday who, not very much of a fisherman, part of a corporate group that's here, and we're obviously fishing on the bottom with a drop shot rig, and he was having some difficulties. He caught a few, but he was he was more comfortable with the cork. So he saw one of my rods that was rigged up for red fishing. And he said, Cap, you mind if I throw this cork out there? And I said, I don't mind, but we haven't caught a fish in shallow water or up towards the surface in a week. I just want to try it for uh, 20 minutes. I'm like, okay. So we hook a live shrimp on there, and he throws it out. And it's skirting across the surface because there's a needlefish tearing that shrimp up, just like you said. And he said, I I keep getting bites. I just can't hook them. I said, those are needlefish. Just reel it real slow, and he'll follow it all the way to the boat, and you'll get to see what it is. So after he did that and saw two needlefish following the shrimp in, he said, okay, I think I need to go back to fishing on the bottom. (laughs) Yeah, do it. So they're still out there. Yeah, they're still around. Well, I thought that. Yeah, they, they they can be really pesky, and I think sometimes they're, they're kept on a retainer by the, the places that sell live shrimp because they can go through them for you. Mike, thanks for the report as always. I uh, got you on my website. Easy to find you there. Got your site, aaofla.com. They want to give you a call. Give them the telephone number and check out the availability there at the Spots and Dots Lakehouse Lodge. Sure, Don. You can find me on social media, Angling Adventures of Louisiana, or you can call us on the telephone, which is 985-781-7811. All right, Mike, bundle up for the first part of the day and enjoy all that sunshine, and we'll catch up with you next week. Thank you, Don. We'll talk to you then. All right, Captain Mike Gallo, Angling Adventures of Louisiana. We say he's born on the bayou. Back after this with your paddler's report with Brendan Bayard, right here brought to you in conjunction with Massey's Outfitters and the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club. It's next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. The Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club and Massey's Outfitters, who has locations in Baton Rouge, Covington, and Mid-City, New Orleans, brings you the Paddler's Report, offering the best kayak fishing models from brands like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, Native Watercraft. You can look on their website for all their products. Also, check out the demo days at MasseyOutfitters.com. Also, find them on Facebook. Brendan Bayard alternates reports with Captain Eric. He's with us today. And, Brendan, you're out of the kayak. You're out of your element today. Where did you end up, and who are you fishing with in in what? Uh, We're uh, in a... And a 21-foot Pathfinder, we're about to launch over here at uh, Empire Marina, heading out. The wind is not as bad as I was expecting. Uh, it's it's bad, but uh, I think we'll uh, give it a shot here. Should be pretty good. Got a little bit of a late start just because we're hanging out at the camp playing cards and all that kind of fun stuff. But uh, the water looks good. We're about to go get them. I guess you're going to be fishing on that west side, which could be, if there's a lee side today, that'll be where it is, I'm sure. Yeah, we have some uh, some little northern banks up here that I can tuck into that I've done well this time of year. Uh, this time of year, you know, uh, when the trout are setting up on the inside, uh, there's a lot of fish down here right now, down 23. Uh, yellow cotton is, is one of the hot spots right now. Uh, you can go out there and, and puddle around uh, Bay Karen Crow. Uh, all the way up to the El Canal uh, towards Triumph and catch a lot of nice fish. Uh, trout right now up there. There's some mixed uh, uh, bull reds mixed in with the regular slot reds. 
still a little bit of flounder around. Uh, I think, you know, this this year has been one of the best flounder run I've seen in a while. So trying to take advantage of that today before uh, that, that uh, end of November, early December pushes them out. Uh, so we're going to hopefully target some of those today. And, uh, you know, fishing's been good. Well, uh, Brendan, the next weekend is going to be the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club's championship tournament. going to be held down there in Plaquemines Parish, Lake Hermitage. What are you expecting to find down there? A lot of people have been uh, pre-fishing out there before we had the uh, dead period for the competitors. We have like a dead period right now where you can't fish uh, until the day before right now just to kind of give the water a rest and give everybody a chance to pre-fish it equally right up to the event. And uh, they've been catching some nice trout out there. Uh, I think a, a couple of guys went out there last week, caught some fish over 20 inches, some trout over 20 inches. So that's always a, a nice sign when the big ones start coming into the area over there. Uh, redfish are always pretty uh, plentiful up that way. So I, I expect a good, if we if we have some, some good weather that holds next week, and I, I expect some pretty heavy bags out that way. Got it. Brendan, you know, uh, we've got some pretty exotic names of our waterways in Louisiana, and I'm always curious to find out how these names got started. And one that's had me puzzled is Yellow Cotton Bay. So I'm going to give you an assignment. Do some research while you're down there and find out if you can figure out how Yellow Cotton Bay got named Yellow Cotton. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. I know uh, you've got Hospital Bay, Yellow Cotton Bay, Bay Cairn Crow all right next to each other. I wonder uh, what that all used to be. I know it used to used to be all kind of different when I started fishing down here in the in the early '90s. There was actually different bays, but uh, you know, ever since Katrina out here, it's been kind of more open water than anything. But I'll, this, I'll do some research and see if I can find out anything for you. Yeah, it's awful depressing when you see names that used to be on the maps when they they no longer exist and they remove them off the maps. It's happening. Yeah, we used, Black and we used to have a camp. anyway. Yeah, we used to have a camp out here at Bayou Cook, which is right out of Empire, about a 10-minute boat ride towards uh, what used to be Eddie's Pass and Shell Island out there. And, uh, you know, there's nothing out there anymore. It's just open water for days. Yeah, I remember Eddie's Pass well, and uh, it's another one ain't there no more. Well, check out Yellow Cotton before it goes away, and uh, good luck to y'all fishing, and, and thanks for taking the time to give us a report, Brendan. We appreciate it. All right. Take care, Don. Bye. All righty. Anyone else out there know the origin of the name Yellow Cotton Bay? It's down there below Venice. It's uh, kind of on the east side of the Mississippi River, and it's a very popular fishing spot. Been that ever since I can remember. Maybe somebody can tell me. Text me, 504-260-1870. When we come back after this, it's, well, I'm going to get to some of your texts that are coming in. Then we're going to tell you the story of this week's Bad Boys of the Outdoors. Got a couple of guys up in Grant Parish out of Pollock, Louisiana, got in trouble, and they did it with a dead deer and a live deer. Their story next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, checking on our text messages. Uh, here's one uh, possible origin of the name yellow cotton. Uh, maybe cottonwood trees lined the banks at one time. Possibility as good as explanation as any other I've heard, which is none. Yellow Cotton Bay below Venice. What's the origin of the name? I have to find a long old-timer from uh, Venice. Maybe we can get him to tell us. All right, here's someone watching a TV show, saw a guy made a trap to catch eels. Then he would smoke them. He's going to pass on them. That's Corey and Ponchatoula. Yeah, they call them eel pots in 
Other places, uh, they're pretty popular. We just got so many other better things to eat here. Uh, here's one, Don. Please ask the hunters be safe in the blind. I lost a friend in a hunting accident in Bayou Bonfica in the 70s. Be careful. And like my dad, Jr., always said, boy, be still. That's from Big Mike on Bayou Liberty. Uh, here's one. Good morning, Mr. Don, in a Robin Williams voice like the the, the Vietnam movie. Uh, listen to you on the way to the shop. That's my barber, Jason. Stop by and see him. He's over at Corey's Barbershop, Highway 36 and Covington. They do good work over there. Uh, here's Lafayette Yacker. He's sad about the Raiders' loss. Uh, uh, he heard the fishing is good at Shell Beach. He missed uh, Robbie's report. Well, it was actually Glenn Sanchez this morning. Uh, thanks for the show. That's our friend the Lafayette Yacker. He says the wind hasn't picked up in Acadiana just yet. Well, I got a feeling it's coming. All right, when we come back from this quick station identification pause, it's time for our bad boys of the outdoors. Got a little bit of a jump on deer season and did it illegally and also caught in possession of a live deer. We'll tell you their story right after we pause 10 seconds for our local stations to tell you who they are and where they are along our Outdoors with Don Dubuque radio network. Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Agent Sergeant James Smith was responding to a complaint about a rifle shot after legal hunting hours in Pollock in Grant Parish, Louisiana, on the night of October 13th. He found Nathan Smith and Bobby Seals cleaning a freshly harvested antlerless deer on Seals' property. Smith confessed to taking the deer after hours with his rifle in Seals' backyard. While on Seal's property, the agents also located a penned fawn that Seal said he found months earlier. Cited for taking deer during illegal hours and if convicted, facing a maximum criminal fine of $950 and 120 days in jail, plus $1,624 in civil restitution, is 18-year-old Nathan Smith of Pollock. And cited for possession of an illegally taken deer, and possession of a live game quadruped, that is a four-legged animal, without a permit, and if convicted, facing criminal fines of $1,450, 90 days in jail, plus $1,624 in civil restitution payback, is 52-year-old Bobby Seals, also of Pollock, Louisiana, our bad boys of the outdoors. All right, I'm happy to tell you that a notorious boat thief who has been terrorizing the Slidell, Wrigley's, Lake Catherine, and other areas, stealing boats, chopping them up in a shop, and selling them, has been arrested. That information came yesterday, and I think he's going to be a future bad boy of the outdoors. I believe he's resting comfortably in the Plaquemines Paris jail tonight. All right, uh, I got some more text coming in. This one says, uh, glad you picked on Yellow Cotton Bay. Please be careful on names out of Delacro. They could be politically incorrect. Yes, there are some politically incorrect names of some waterways in Louisiana, no doubt. Uh, John S. in uh, Fairhope, Alabama, he's got a eel recipe. You take an American eel, kill it. Well, that's good to do before you cook it. Cut a ring through the skin just in back of the head. Impale the head on a nail or spike and use pliers to pull the tail skin off. That's kind of like a catfish. And you cut the head off, gut clean it, cut it into six-inch lengths, dredge it in flour with salt and pepper, pan fry it, and eat it like corn on the cob. Delicious. There you go. And a question comes in. What do you suppose they did with the fawn? 
Uh, wildlife and fisheries, I don't know. Depending on the age, uh, they probably released it in the wild. If it was, uh, you know, obviously it was living there without a mother, so it's uh, on the stage where it's, it's able to browse and kind of fend for itself, so I'm sure they probably took it someplace and released it. But I uh, didn't get details on where that was, unless you meant what was the perpetrator going to do with the fawn. I don't know. Maybe they were going to fatten it up and butcher it. Who knows? Whatever. That's our bad boys. Never run out of them. All right, we come back after this. It's duck hunting time, opening day in Louisiana. We take you to the, well, it's both in the west zone, which is very confusing. Ryan Lambert's down near the mouth of the river, and they call that the west zone. Also, the west zone is over near Lake Charles in Calcasieu with Hackberry Rod and Gun. We'll take you to those duck blinds and see what the action is bringing this morning right here on the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Well, it uses plastic shotgun shells, but no plastic on the inside. It's going to be more like steel. I'm talking about Ryan Lambert, Cajun Fishing Adventures. Uh, he and his crew are headed out to the duck blind on the day a lot of men and canines live for, opening day of duck season. Ryan, how's it been so far? You guys have had shooting hours since 549, I believe. What's it been like? We didn't leave the launch until after that. I just went across the river with all these people. You know, with the wind blowing like that, and 500 boats out there, so we just set up. And what have you seen on the way out? Oh, my gosh. They got some birds. So I'm set up now, but I'm on the least shore over by my big blind, but they seem to all be in a marsh because the water's real, real high. So the guy that's on the inside, oh, my word, they're going to crush them. Uh, we'll see. I don't see much flying on the outside, but the inside, they just had hundreds and hundreds of birds. So, worst-case scenario, when they whack the limit, I'll go set up over there. But we'll see. It's, it's right here, right here, right here. Take him, take him, take him. Take him, take him. Take him. shoot him, shoot him. Never mind that. <laughs> <laughs> in and out, in and out. What was it? Uh, those are two green wings. I see big ones over here. So that means they're going to work here. So we good. We just get Did they decoy or were they just passing? They knocked them down. <laughs> he says his first shot is there. So like, <laughs> <laughs> he says shells are so expensive. You don't want to waste one right now because they're hard to find. <laughs> but, uh, on, on, the water is real high because of the north wind, and I expected that. So uh, the, the inside, the, I mean, there's thousands of blue and green wings. going right over them right now. So I, I think it's going to be great. We have plenty, plenty of birds in this area. We have plenty of vegetation. The water's high today, so, that, you know, the birds, the pigtails might move out because they can't reach the feed. But this will go out tomorrow, so we'll be fine. Well, the flyover report says that your area has 88% of the birds that are in southeast Louisiana because, uh, as you mentioned, the submerged aquatic vegetation was not as severely damaged by Hurricane Ida's other areas. So those birds that normally go to some of those other transects are probably going to be headed your way and could be a real bonanza for you. The thing that jumped off at me was this number of ringnecks in the area, 216,000 really, ringneck ducks. Wow. I like shooting ringnecks. They're good to eat. I, I haven't seen a whole lot of them yet. Uh seen a few big flocks fly over, but the good thing about those numbers is 66% of the 88% are on my leases. <laughs> I, Let's see, 66% of, of 88% equals what? <laughs> you got a bunch. It means a lot bunch. of birds. Yes, yeah, you do. Yeah. My, 
my leases are full of duck potatoes. They're full of aquatic vegetation still. The hurricane was, you know, we had lease short for the hurricane. So, wow, we, we were very fortunate. I think we're going to have a great season. And we're pretty, you know, I got a few open days, but not much. So well, uh, is this a, a blast only or is this a cast and blast trip? I've got a blast, but I got a, I got a cast. The other group in the evening, we got, I think we have, uh, we got about 25 at the lodge. So we, some of them are fishing in the morning. Then we, a lot of them are hunting and fishing. So fishing's been pretty good too. Uh, I don't know what today's going to bring with this big flock. Of, <laughs> big flock of teal. Wow, they just going right over the marshes. Yeah, I think I think we're going to do well. So I I think I'm going to go find some leash shore this evening. And get on some, uh, hopefully, I don't know if the trout will bite with this barometric pressure high like it is, but I guess we'll find out. If not, you know, me, me and Sarah and Andy went fly fishing the other day, and we really did good. We caught a bunch of reds, sheep heads, and uh, I'll give you the dates for what we could do that show. And the next day, they went and they caught uh, six or eight big bulls. So, yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That's good, too. So, we'll have fun. So, I think it's going to be a great fall the first day. Yeah, well, you know, as it goes, you got to keep replenishing the supply. We still got a, a really stiff front, the biggest front still to come this weekend. Oh yeah, another one. I've been yeah. so busy working, I didn't even turn the TV on. I've been working like daylight till dark, and then going to bed. Just, you know, getting ready for all this. So we'll see. Well, Just it's going to be a gonna come down. That's all. Yeah, it's a dry front. Going to have more wind with it, and uh, you know. Plenty more of that good sunshine. That's nice when you can see the colors on those birds when they come in. It's beautiful. Oh, gosh. I love to get the sun to my back when I have my shot cam on to video that. Oh, my word. You yeah. see every color on it. So I well, can get you out ASAP and see if I can get you on a hunt real quick. Yeah, uh, let me know. Uh, I got I got enough guys this year where I don't have to guide every day. So when I'm not guiding, we can go. We can go hunting. <laughs> yeah, I'll guide you. I'll guide you. Hey, um, we're trying to figure out Yellow Cotton Bay. How did it get that name? Any idea? Um, I heard things about there was a hospital there back in the day. I've heard all kinds of stuff. Whether any of it's true, I have no idea. Watch this two out there, guys, at 12 o'clock. They don't like, they don't like this open water with this wind so hard. I'm not up enough, but but you know, Yellow Cotton Bay is not what it was. I mean, it used to be 89 feet deep, not 10 feet deep. All the moisture died off and eroded, went into the deep holes, and just filled it up with uh, decaying aquatic matter. And uh, it's not it's not what it was, buddy. Yeah, I know. Well, if you can find anybody down there older than us that might remember, try to find out. We're trying to figure it out. I'll, I'll ask Mister Don and let you know. <laughs> All right. All right. Y'all get uh, get the going down there. Get some birds in, and uh, we'll catch up with you next time. All right. Tell, tell Doug if uh, i to do the other show. I got my phone back. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. I know you can't do much without that. Shoot that one. Shoot that one. Shoot it. Kill him. Get him. Get him. <laughs> All right. Ten. Down. <laughs> well, okay. We in. <laughs> what was that one? Uh, looks like uh, teal. I'll take it. All right. Thank you, Ryan. See you next week. Captain Ryan Lambert, Agent Fishing Adventures. And uh, thanks to the miracle that you're listening to, invented by that Italian pioneer, Guglielmo Marconi, 
You're listening to us on it. We're going to take you from the easternmost part of Louisiana to the western. Captain Kirk Stansel, Hackberry Ron Gunn, they're in there, duck blind too. Got some action coming for you right after this timeout. Well, at about 6.06 this morning, the 2021 duck season got underway in southwest Louisiana, and we are going into the blind of Hackberry Rod and Gun, Captain Kirk Stansel, to find out how it's been so far. Captain Kirk, how's this duck season kicked off this morning? Well, we're sitting here with seven in the blind, and if I had guys that could hit them, we'd probably be limited out. <laughs> ooh, ooh, don't say that too loud. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm messing with them. <laughs> Well, it is opening yeah, well, day. You know, you got to give them a little break. Open. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now we've we've missed a few, not a lot. We we missed a couple of tough shots. You know, we've we've seen a fair amount of birds this morning. More than really more than I thought we were going to see. From what I saw yesterday. So, uh, but we have seven. Probably should have ten or so. so Which species? What's the breakdown? Okay, let's see here. I, I, there's a redhead, a wood duck. Let's see a widgeon and rest gadwall. Oh, okay. Yeah, you guys uh, got the bulk of the gadwalls over on your side of the state, 168,000 compared to only 72,000 right. in the southeast. Uh, a lot of ringnecks in the state, too. Have you seen any ringnecks? And the blue-winged teal no. are really high over there by you. Well, yeah, well, no, they're, they're probably mostly in the rice fields and uh, shallow water stuff. Was, uh, mm-hmm. we have, I have not seen a blue wing. Hadn't seen one in a while. So uh, they're somewhere else. They're not in the marsh. And uh, we, we, it, we crippled off a pintail this morning. We had one drake that leaked some oil out there, about, went about a quarter, half a mile, and, and fell out. So Couldn't catch up to him, we'll huh? him. No, we yeah. won't get that one. He's that way deep in the marsh. Uh, that's a shame to lose a nice pintail like that. Yeah. Uh, what's the conditions? You got a little wind blowing over there? Yeah, it's probably blowing five to seven miles an hour out of the north. Mm-hmm. And kind of cool, 50 degrees. It's not cold. It's It's very comfortable. I wish we had a little more wind. I think these birds would work a little better. But we are seeing birds that won't do anything. Well, be careful what you ask for. If you're trying to fish, you'll definitely get the wind. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, cause we got people scheduled to go fishing this afternoon. It's going to probably start blowing about 10, 11 o'clock. Yeah, you guys have been hammering the fish over there. Yeah, the fishing's been good. The trout fish has been real good. And uh, then there are some flounders finally showing up. Uh, they've, they've been sl- slow go this year. But they're showing up, and that's typical red fishing, you know, the way it's been all year. Just every now and then, if you can get in the marsh, you can catch some on those higher tides. Well, you you guys got a full week of duck hunting planned? Oh, yeah, like a full season of it planned. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people are getting moving, getting things back to normal, you know, hadn't had it. Well, y'all did get a tornado, but uh, nothing like the storms and the floods that came during the prior years. So things getting back and pandemics winding down, people are starting to move around, get back into things. And Yeah, yeah, we're, uh, we're pretty busy, so. Well, glad to hear that. Well, save a few ducks for us uh, when we bring Miss Louisiana down. Of course, we'll be getting some new flights arriving uh, as we get into that, that oh, second yeah. split. But uh, yeah, glad they, y'all they got some be. good weather. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful day. No doubt about it. Well, y'all enjoy it. Hope y'all limit out, and uh, we'll catch up with you next time, Captain Kirk. In the meantime, okay, if somebody wants to look on your busy calendar and see if they can squeeze a trip in, tell them how to get you. Okay, uh, toll free, 888 888- Seven six two three three nine one Hackberry Rod and Gun dot com. And tell those guys shells are too doggone expensive and hard to find to be missing. 
That's right. I'll do that. <laughs> All, All right, right, Don. All right, Captain Cook. Thank you. There he goes, uh, back into the duck blind. Boy, what a beautiful day. I'm looking out the window here at St. Hubert's Cathedral. What a gorgeous Saturday. Uh, not the greatest if you're trying to offshore fish. It's going to be a little breezy out there. Cool temperatures bundle up if you're headed out. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, we'll do this again next week. What do you think? 5 to 7 a.m. It's the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. We've been uh, in now in our 33rd year. We'll have more hunting and fishing reports for you. Lots of that stuff you and I just love to talk about. And maybe, just maybe, we'll find out the origin of the name Yellow Cotton Bay. Someone said there were actually three of them, and they picked the one that's still there as Yellow Cotton. Don't know why. Maybe we'll find out. Who knows? See you next week on the Outdoor Show with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.